In previous episodes, I explained the history of the partnership between OpenAI and Microsoft. I also explained the business model behind this partnership and uh, the benefits, both from a strategic standpoint and also how Microsoft might make money in the future through the, the partnership. But for this episode instead, I would like to focus more on the sort of drawbacks or really what can go wrong on this uh, partnership between OpenAI and Microsoft. So let's go to it right now. <clears throat> the first uh, of the things that uh, I want to look at is uh, probably the what we can call the too fast, too soon. Microsoft has leaped forward with integration and incredible bet it has placed on OpenAI. I already explained the whole history and how it started uh, you know, pretty much in 2016 when uh, Microsoft uh, Azure became the go-to platform for developing the machine learning models of OpenAI. The partnership was strengthened in 2019 with an investment of Microsoft of $1 billion into the partnership to enable OpenAI to further scale this model. And this would actually result, this partnership with, uh, with the supercomputer of Microsoft Azure would actually uh, provide OpenAI the infrastructure to, to, to train eventually and launch models like GPT-3 and then eventually ChatGPT and also DALI, of course. Now, this is a chance for Microsoft, uh, as I explained also in a previous episode, to make some of its products cool again. Products like, for instance, Office Web Bing were probably moving toward the slow ramp of that, meaning that, of course, uh, like uh, something like Office is still a printing machine for Microsoft, yet, uh, if you ask me uh, personally, I've not been using those products. I didn't use those products for, for 10 years almost. And instead, in the last 10 years, I've been using the Google Docs umbrella products. So all the business productivity products developed by Google, which I found uh, way more uh, interactive and actually straightforward to use and also more advanced uh, compared to other things like PowerPoint or Excel. Of course, this is a personal experience, but also, you know, I noticed that many of the startups I've been working with over the years have been more leveraging like the Google productivity tools rather than uh, the Microsoft tools. This is not to say that no one is using Office anymore, quite the opposite. There, there is still an ecosystem around Office. But my key point here is that, uh, you know, slowly then suddenly Google would have eaten the lunch of, uh, of Microsoft when it comes to the productivity side, which is actually the core of Microsoft business model. Therefore, with the partnership with OpenAI and with the speculation for which Microsoft is looking into ways to integrate AI and uh, the products from OpenAI into its, uh, its uh, uh, even Google uh, Office package and Bing, it's giving just the chance to Microsoft to actually make those products um, great. But at the same time, it's also uh, threatening Microsoft from a, from a legal standpoint. Because uh, as I said, Microsoft has leaped forward compared to other players in the, in the field, but what's the price to pay for it? Microsoft is already under the antitrust scrutiny for its uh, Activision deal, which is another uh, kind of uh, deal and business unit within the company, which is about gaming, and it's a $69 billion deal. 
and just to be sure Activision is the company who developed games like Call of Duty. Now why am I pointing this out? Well because uh, Microsoft is already under the spotlight for a few years, for actually more than a decade, uh, Microsoft has enjoyed uh, the uh, really the ability to operate as a tech giant without having too much the uh, you know focus from regulators and right now the situation might be changing with the 10 billion dollars uh, between OpenAI and Microsoft coming the spotlight might be again on uh, on Microsoft as well which again had been going toward his uh, his, uh, his journey in the last years with much less noise compared to other tech giants like Google and Facebook which have been under many scandals. So why is the OpenAI Microsoft deal something that might awaken regulators against Microsoft in the first place? Well, first of all, when it comes to the corporate structure of OpenAI, I explained it in a previous episode, but OpenAI is still a mixture of, uh, of um, uh, uh, open, like uh, of a uh, um, non-profit and for-profit capped organization. And therefore, it may get a little bit tricky to uh, find a sweet spot when it comes to the deal and a deal where Microsoft has put to put like 10 billions and it has to actually get most of the profits for the first years of OpenAI in order to pay back this investment. So I'm, what I'm saying here is finding really a deal that works with this kind of organizational structure that has right now OpenAI might be a little bit tricky. A second aspect is about the potential societal impact of AI. Now, with Microsoft involved in launching products very quickly through OpenAI, and you know Google and the other uh, are, have been looking at, uh, at uh, OpenAI being very fast in launching, releasing and iterating those products. Even though, for instance, we may assume that companies like Google have the technology to compete with OpenAI, they have not uh, been doing it. And as we'll see, there are some reasons uh, related also to the fear of Google launching uh, early this kind of uh, products. But that's the key point. I mean, AI is uh, such a transformational or at least a technology that has such a potential from a transformational standpoint that it might again uh, put Microsoft under the spotlight when it comes to regulation. And with OpenAI releasing products quite quickly, which is a star startup mindset, not definitely a mindset that a uh, huge tech giant has, might actually put Microsoft in the position to uh, you know, pressure in the future OpenAI to actually slow down in terms of releases. So again, also here finding a sweet spot, which has been um, uh, possible until today and until the release of ChatGPT, which made a lot of noise. Um, until today was possible to do it, going forward with uh, such a deal uh, structure with such amount of money on the table and uh, so much attention, uh, from a tool like ChatGPT, it might be a little bit trickier to actually find, uh, you know, um, a balance, uh, uh, balance that uh, makes uh, makes it work for for Microsoft. Meaning that in the future, it might be that Microsoft might pressure a little bit OpenAI to slow down with the releases of those products, and um, uh, it might get uh, much more pressure from regulators, Microsoft, to actually as being involved in the release of those products that are showing incredible capabilities. A third element is about the synergies between OpenAI and Microsoft. As I explained in the OpenAI and Microsoft business model and business ecosystem, what they're creating, you know, this can be potentially incredible. However, it's also true that uh, the, the way right now the partnership is structuring may get a little bit tricky in terms of uh, related party uh, transactions, meaning that 
Uh, right now, uh, Microsoft Azure is at the same time the infrastructure on top of which OpenAI is creating its own products, while it's at the same time also the infrastructure on top of which OpenAI uh, um, is able to provide, I guess, APIs to the public to be plugged and used. And on the other side, the same um, products will be monetized within Azure. So it's sorts of, uh, it seems sort of a little bit of, um, uh, you know, um, circular logic that might raise some uh, some concerns. And again, you know, I'm not saying that uh, uh, there is uh, anything uh, wrong uh, done here. It's just that it might raise uh, the the current deal size. This might raise a few um, scrutinies, additional scrutinies when it comes to regulations. So those are the three key points when it comes to the the you know, the, the complexity about the deal. So what I'm saying here is, yes, those companies are in talks, but the, the, the deal is not an easy deal in the first place. It might, um, the structural deal might get quite complex from uh, both understanding what kind of corporate governance give to this new entity once Microsoft injects the 10 billion into it. Uh, second, uh, you know, what might be the pressure on Microsoft and therefore what pressure Microsoft might put in the future on OpenAI uh, as uh, uh, attention for the fast release of AI products might um, negative also press my my uh, be uh, against Microsoft and then a third element again is about the kind of integrations the way they are structured right now if those will be feasible once the deal is uh, is finalized and closed we'll see but you know those are things that most probably they they are discussing for sure and they know they may know how to deal with. Another key aspect is about uh, uh, intellectual property and uh, other potential legal issues. For instance, the Gira Copilot, which was one of the first products uh, launched in partnership um, between OpenAI and Microsoft, so the GitHub team, is undergoing a lawsuit which claims the violation of uh, open source licenses and uh, could have, of course, an implication on the artificial intelligence world. The, the, the tricky part here is um, even for um, in, an image generation model like DALI, where, as you can imagine, this might uh, trigger, uh, trigger uh, other legal battles that um, uh, might determine whether the OpenAI Microsoft uh, partnership might be more like an upstairs moment where everything collapses under the weight of uh, those legal issues or instead it becomes like a sort of iTunes moment where if you know the story after Napster was uh, um, you know had to to uh, to fail to actually close and go bankrupt due to the to the disputes and legal disputes that uh, it was going through then uh, just uh, uh, a little later uh, um, uh, Steve Jobs understanding the potential of uh, enabling the music industry by um, you know building a platform where there was the agreement with the the, the, the major music uh, labels he uh, created iTunes so again here uh, it's uh, very hard to understand whether we are still in the Napster moment or in the iTunes moment we'll see it but you know Microsoft, Microsoft is a huge company it has the leverage and distribution power to actually close uh, important deals so when a new business ecosystem is created, 
Uh, it's very important to look not just at the technological and the product development problems, it's also important to look at distributions, monetization, and uh, uh, the business ecosystem overall. So again, here the, the, the key point is uh, in order for the business ecosystem to be structured, it's going to be important for uh, OpenAI and Microsoft to most probably involve other parties into the, the growing uh, in AI industry. On the one side, of course, you have an issue which is about uh, the data where this is coming from. So making sure that you can involve the parties from which the data has been taken from. Imagine the case of uh, you know the training of Dali, where is the where, where are the images coming from? And giving the chance, giving the chance to the the data sources to actually opt in and out, or to either uh, also monetize the, their um, uh, their uh, the data that is getting used for for training the models. On the other side, it's very important to involve content creators, meaning that it's very important to enable a new branch of creative uh, creators to, to um, be born on top of AI, which will be able to monetize their art or their uh, profession. A third element is going to be about uh, giving enough time to society to adapt to actually uh, sparring a new industry, also a new knowledge industry, because again, here the most interesting aspect of AI as it evolved is the fact that uh, we thought that most probably knowledge or uh, you know creativity would be among the last um, endeavors that uh, AI would have taken over, and instead those were among the, the first. This means that you know the whole society needs to restructure uh, slowly around those um, those issues, and it may take a few years. So that's why, from when it comes from a business uh, ecosystem standpoint, those legal issues, uh, intellectual property issues but also business ecosystem issues are extremely important and those are way more important than the technology itself. The other element is of course about misinformation. As explained in previous uh, episodes and explained also in the newsletter and the blog, of course ChatGPT uh, itself has been improved uh, compared to GPT-3 by using a, a model called InstructGPT, which uh, used uh, supervised learning to fine-tune those models, make them more reliable from, uh, from uh, both uh, you know, toxicity and truthfulness. On the other side, ChatGPT has still a major issue when it comes to uh, being fact-based, uh, ground, grounded, and uh, to giving and cite the sources that, is pro that it is using leveraging on to actually provide an answer. That's why uh, just a few days ago there was an interview um, of uh, DeepMind CEO and founder that, uh, and remember DeepMind is a research AI research lab owned by Google, that explained that Google itself is working on a model on a ChatGPT-like product which is going to be called Sparrow which might be released for private beta in, uh, in sometime in 2023. But that the reason why Google didn't launch yet something like ChatGPT was primarily due to concerns related to uh, the, the ability to those models to be factual. Of course, this is what they say. Uh, as you can imagine, there may be also other worries uh, more related to, to you know, the, the financial model of Google and the revenue model of Google where you need to figure out a way for this uh, potential um, uh, conversational interface to actually ge generate revenues with advertising, which, as you can imagine, may be the main worry of uh, uh, Google as a, as a business model with advertising that still comprises most of the, the bulk of revenues that um, Google makes uh, as, of, uh, as of today.
Another element is about uh, scaling, but not still scaling from a technological standpoint or product standpoint, but from a business standpoint. As you know, I'm pretty uh, obsessed with the concept of business scaling, and business scaling is a combination of many factors. And usually, you know, something like AI, uh, in order to scale from a business standpoint, it needs to actually combine technology, product, and uh, distribution. Distribution, which in this case needs to be both bottom-up and top-down. Let me explain. Of course, right now, when we look at ChatGPT, this may be a scalable uh, product also to a billion user, users, if you wish. Why? Well, because even from a cost structure standpoint, if um, Microsoft is uh, fine in enabling ChatGPT to be served for free to, to a billion users, even if it might burn a lot of money, this might still be distributed to a billion of users across the world. The main issue here is actually aligning uh, you know, uh, the interest on the market while also solving important legal issues. In other words, here, a first point is you need to find a sustainable monetization strategy for the product to be financially viable. And right now, OpenAI is burning cash at uh, really fast speed. A second element is that you need to do this while making sure that you solve important legal issues that are arising right now. Uh, as I explained also when it comes to intellectual property, this requires the ability to strike large, large deals with the, the involved parties like copyright owners, content creators, and the other distribution platforms that can create the foundation for a business ecosystem. Last point, which is also extremely important, you need to provide options for the distributors to be involved in the process of monetizing AI content. So for creators to find ways to make a living out of AI, and for new AI-related jobs to arise, and therefore also for users on the other side to have opt-in and out uh, mechanism for in-context learning. Because as we'll see, one of the key elements for those AI models is the fact that those can be customized in terms of, uh, uh, of a single user. So for each user that you have, you can have a very different um, uh, you know, um, output from the AI model through in-context learning. Now, in-context learning can be done uh, you know, by, by fine-tuning the, the model, or it can be done um, on uh, uh, by understanding the context of the user. To understand the context of the user, it means that the user is going to need to share uh, the, the data uh, and also potentially personal data. So here, the main issue is uh, you want also from a bottom-up standpoint, so from a user and consumer behavior standpoint, to enable consumers to actually opt in and out from AI uh, personalized services, because otherwise the risk is you're going to provide personalized services that uh, might um, actually uh, be uh, against the privacy of the user. So those are all key issues that need uh, to be uh, actually solved in order for um, the AI to develop into a business ecosystem. And as Microsoft is leaping forward with the deal with the OpenAI, of course, those issues might uh, need to be solved by, by the, this partnership um, as they are, uh, they are actually the ones that are moving fast into this direction. Mm -hmm.